The Change Agent has finally arrived to the podcast platform and I am super excited about it. Ladies, if you don't know her, you better get to know her now because she is dropping wisdom that is invaluable and that will help you change your life. I can't wait to continue listening to the I Had to Change podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Had to Change the Podcast. I'm back, Charlotte Lewis, and I am here to talk all things change. What do I do? I help women believe in themselves, overcome the pain of their past, and hopefully change from the inside out. Um, And to let you know that you are worth the change. Shout out to my good friend, Lady Vanica Lewis, all the way from California. Uh, Thank you for uh, that awesome intro. So do me a favor, guys. If you are listening, check her out as well. The Vanica Lewis Show. Oh my goodness. I've been following this podcast for a while now, and she is... uh, Uh, a woman after my own heart because she's transparent, she's open, and she has no problem letting people know who she really is. So shout out to her. Thank you for that intro again. Uh, But we're going to get right into it. Today, we are going to talk about the void. That's right, the void. You know, those places in our lives that we try to ignore, uh, that emptiness, that sadness we feel sometimes, or Some of us call it the wall. You know, we hit the wall. Um, So yeah, check it out. All right, so let's dig into change. Um, When it comes to change, I believe that there are a lot of barriers in our lives, uh, barriers to change. And one of the biggest ones that, uh, the biggest barriers, thing that I've noticed that's a barrier to change in my life and the lives of so many women that I have the privilege and the opportunity uh, to talk to almost on a daily basis is what I like to refer to as the void. The void. Yeah, let's talk about the void. What are you talking about? Um, That missing piece, uh, that hole that everyone is trying to fill. Um, Sometimes it can be a feeling, uh, a feeling of loneliness, of sadness. Um, For some of us, it it could show up as depression. Uh, That thing that we think that we're missing, uh, that that hole that just can't be filled. Uh, You probably know what I'm talking about. We all kind of have that that void uh, when we're hurting or experienced pain. Um, It's not uncommon for us to look for ways to fill that void. Um, We see it all the time in our daily lives. We lose something, we replace it right away. Uh, The void, the void, it's made up of the emptiness, uh, lonely feelings uh, that stems from the holes in our heart and in our souls. Sometimes these holes are fresh wounds, uh, like a breakup, uh, a death of a family member, just even nowadays is something that we watch on the news, something that we see, and it just it just makes the hole just so much bigger. It could be losing our jobs, it could be disappointment uh wh- whatever that is there there is a hole, something is left wide open um you know sometimes it stems from something much deeper um dysfunction in our life, uh lack of connection with our family uh family members, childhood trauma um adultery. 
uh, bad decisions that we've made over, you know, over our lifetime, um, hurt caused by someone that said that they loved us. Uh, so many different reasons why we could have this void. Uh, when we lose something or someone in our lives, most of us jump right to uh, what I like to call distractions. Distractions. Um, you, I call it void. I don't know. You may call it something else. Uh, Peter Cicero, which is one of my fa uh, favorite authors, you'll hear me talk about him a lot, uh, wrote a bunch of books, uh, but the Emotional Healthy Spirituality books, uh, the first time I read that uh, many, many years ago, kind of changed my life. Um, but he talks about, the way that he talks about uh, the void, he kind of talks about it and calls it the dark nights of the soul. Uh, or he kind of also referenced to it as hitting the wall. Uh, we call it maybe being stuck, um, hitting the wall. And by the wall, you know, I'm referring to a season in our faith when we feel stuck, when we feel like I can't go any further. Uh, there's something missing. I don't know what else to do. Uh, the world, <laughs> I hear it all the time. The world calls it, we call it stuffing. You know, we kind of stuff that stuff down. We don't want to deal with it. I don't want to hear about it. Pretend it never happened. Uh, we say things to like, uh, that'll never happen to me again. So we ignore those type of things. If they come up again, we just go the other way. Uh, for some of us, or like me, um, I used to say, you know, all men are dogs just because I got hurt in the past. So because I got hurt by a few of them, now I'll put this blanket statement over everyone. Uh, so yes, feeling stuck, the void, uh, dark soul of the night, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we try to stuff it away. Um, in grief recovery, for those of you who, who know, I'm a grief recovery specialist, we call it something else. We don't call it stuffing like the world world may call it. We call it STURBS. STURBS. S-T-E-R-B-S. STURBS. Uh, what is that? Short-term energy releasing behavior. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. The things that we do that relieve some of the stress or the energy that's connected to how we feel. Okay, so for some of you guys, that may be, uh, we we laugh about it wholeheartedly. We, we call it retail therapy. <laughs> Am I the only one uh, that participates in retail therapy to make myself feel better? How many of you guys uh, over the last week just were feeling some kind of way? You were feeling down, maybe a little depressed, something and you felt like if I go to the mall, if I go to the store, uh, you know, I feel better if I buy myself a dress. I mean, we even tell each other that like, girl, you know what you need to do? You just need to treat yourself. Retail therapy. We replace the loss. We try to replace it with, with other things. Uh, for some people, it's fantasy. It's reading. It's, you know, Netflix and chill, right? Uh, we binge watch because we don't want to deal with what's going on in our lives. So we procrastinate on the things that we should be doing and we'll spend, you know, five, six hours binge watching some show that we probably shouldn't be looking at anyway. Uh, okay. Am I just talking about myself? I, I don't know. You know, when we experience, um, dark nights of the soul, when we experience loss of any kind, um, whether it's something or someone, um, all of the wounds, all of the emptiness, all of the hurt, all of the pain um, is exposed. And a lot of times it's not exposed in the right way. It comes out, uh, as my pastor likes to call it, it comes out sideways. People trying to figure out what's going on with you. Why do you have an attitude? 
uh, why is it when I say something, you kind of go off. Uh, a lot of times it's because we are dealing with stuff that we don't know how to deal with. So we, we do other things so we don't have to deal with it. Uh, yeah, I'm still talking about STURBS. For some of you guys, it may not be retail therapy. It may be not uh, not Netflix and chill. It may not be mystery or, or you know, reading books. It may be sex. Oh, hello, somebody. It could be porn. Yes, hello, somebody. Yes, I'm talking to women here. Same for you. We try to act like men are the only one who struggle with things like that. But the same thing for women. If, if I'm, uh, you know, I don't have to think about it if I'm doing something else. So whatever that something else is, for some people, it's smoking weed. Let's be real. Come on now. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, I keep it real. I'm transparent and I'm honest. Um, I've struggled with some of these things, um, except for the smoking weed part. Don't struggle with that. Praise God. <laughs> but everything else, been there, done that. So we immerse ourselves in other activities, some things that may not be so bad, like retail therapy. But here's the thing. If you can't handle your retail therapy eventually you're going to get in debt. Eventually you're going to make bad decisions and bad choices and it starts um, messing with you on another end. So we have to be careful of the things that we do. Some of us, and I'm going to talk about myself here, uh, one of my stirbs is cleaning. Man, my husband will always know when something is going on with me because I just can't stop. I just go cleaning from one thing to the next. And I'm not talking about surface cleaning. I'm talking baseboards, get on the floor. I got to do this. Um, I re rearrange my closet, rearrange the, the girl's closet, whatever I can get my hands on. But that's the way that I try to get away from stuff that I actually have to deal with or things that I don't want to think about because I tell myself, well, this is more important so I don't have to deal with that. So whatever that looks like for you, uh, it, that should be a little warning signal that we are not really thinking about what's going on in our life. So here is let me go to another thing here is what we as christian do as christians do um when we notice that someone in our lives or even to ourselves or when we see others kind of spiraling out of control or we see that they're replacing the laws or we see that they're be, that they're stuck or we see that you know they're making bad choices or we see that they're really not doing anything um, to move ahead that they're, they're not trying to grow that they're not trying to change or they may come to us and say hey I'm struggling in this area um, I have this issue and here's what we do and I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest I'm talking Christians me included I've done there I've, I've been there done that we say things like well you just need Jesus to fill that void come on we just need you just need Jesus you just need to pray um, let Jesus fill the void um, and in my walk with Christ I have found uh, I'll be honest that such and I call it a band-aid uh, phrases like that Jesus fills the void or just be satisfied in God um, are so superficial yeah it's superficial they're cute little sayings that claim do this and everything will get better you know you're having a bad day just pray and everything will be better um, as if being a Christian means that once we accept Christ it's happily ever after and we'll never have to feel empty or restless again but guess what that <laughs> is only slightly true 
<laughs> because not really, because I know since I've accepted Jesus Christ over 20 years ago, look, it, when you look at my life, you realize, wait a minute, it has not been all roses. I have walked through some of the most troublesome parts of my life as being a Christian. So, um, don't just tell me to pray and everything will go away because yes, truth is Jesus is supposed to fill the void and he can fill the void. But there are some things in the middle that I'm that I'm that we're missing. And that's what really what I want to talk to you about today. So again, they're cute little sayings, but they're not going to help anybody by just you saying that to them. And so here's what I learned over the last 20 years of of walking in um who God has called me to be. Uh Jesus doesn't just fill the emptiness. Okay. Uh-oh, blasphemy. What are you saying? Jesus doesn't just fill the emptiness. In certain seasons of our life, he sometimes widens it. Oh my goodness, what did I just say? Yeah, he just doesn't fill the emptiness sometimes or the void. Sometimes, depending on the season of life that you're in, what he's trying to show you, what he's trying to grow you in, where he's trying to get you to go... Sometimes he widens it, meaning he widens the void. And now we have to figure out, does my faith actually work? Okay, you can imagine why so many people who have a relationship with Christ feel complete disillusionment when when we find out or uh, when we suffer unbearable loneliness and that the dark emptiness which every human experience, the reality is we're all going to, the Bible tells us there will be times of trials and tribulations. We can't get a, we can't get past that. So why is it that as Christians, we don't talk about that? Why do we always want to act like, oh, everything is going to be just fine. Everything is perfect. No, here's the thing. I know we have to victory. I know at the end we win. I know that coming in, but in the middle of it, I don't feel victorious. Sometimes I don't. I don't feel like I got it all together. I don't feel like that tomorrow is going to be be fine because I'm human, because that's how I was created. So again, why don't we talk about it? Here, I could tell you why. I could tell you, th these are just my two observations. Um, observation number one, and this is coming out of my own life, because I don't want to give God a bad name. <laughs> I mean, how crazy is that? Like, sometimes I feel like I don't really want to tell people how I feel or what I struggle with, or what I deal with, because I don't want the person in front of me to get this picture of God, of not being this perfect, wonderful God that can't even help me. You know, as if I, well, I am his mouthpiece. Y yes, I am. I am his mouthpiece. But at the same time, I have to be real. I have to be real with people. So uh, that's my first observation. We, we, we're we kind of scared that God somehow would look bad, but we can't make God look bad. Okay. We, we can only make ourselves look bad because God is God <laughs> and nothing I'll say or, or don't say is going to make him look any different. But here's the, the another reason. Here's another reason um, that I feel like that we don't really talk about it is because we don't want people to think we don't have enough faith. That's right. Especially if you're like me. Um, I, I used to say I'm a recovering people pleaser. And I think I'm almost there. Sometimes I still do. I still struggle with it. Sometimes I still want to please people because I want to make people happy, etc. 
ban. I got to keep rereading some of the books that I'm reading because I need help with that. But we want to make people feel that, no, no, look at me. I have, I have great faith. But here's the thing. We read so many stories in the Bible where even some of the, 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 the most religious, some of the people that believe, believe. I mean, the disciples fell away. Okay. I mean, Jesus told people, you know, help me. A man said, help me with my unbelief. Sometimes we do question. Sometimes we do have some unbelief. So instead of acting like that's not real, let's be honest with that. You know, it doesn't help those of us who claim to know Christ almost to never talk about the sense of emptiness that we may feel, the inner void that comes with experiencing a burning desire for something more. Um, sometimes I just have this feeling and and I have to be able to express that without feeling like I'm going to be judged by somebody else. And we have to be very careful in how we uh, talk back to people or what we say or how we respond to them. You know, and, and if we do ever mention it, someone tells us, just be satisfied with Jesus. And, and, and they leave it as that. They don't give you an idea of what you need to do. They just say, well, you know, you just need to pray. You just need to be satisfied with God. And, and that's it. You know, the other day, my husband and I, um, we had the privilege of uh, about a month ago, we got uh, some of the singles together. Um, some of the, we call them the young disciples. Um, and they all just happened to turn out everyone that showed up was single. So we kind of had another single meeting. Um, and we were talking about how, you know, we, some of the singles are struggling in their singleness. And obviously from us talking to them and being with them, we understand that there is a struggle and sometimes they do fall short. And sometimes they do want a touch of a man or a woman. And, you know, what do I do when I feel that way? And we realized that, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about that. And we tell people, just be satisfied with Jesus. Uh, just remain celibate. Uh, pray it away. Don't think about it. Uh, replace your feelings with other things. Um, but whatever you do, stay celibate, which I agree. But we don't really give them anything else on what to do, how to do it. We don't give them tangible things to really think about. We just put blanket statements on that. And, and my husband and I, we were talking of how it's easy for us to say, just remain uh, celibate. When at the end of the day, we're married, we're going to leave, we're going to go upstairs and we're going to have sex because we're married, right? So it's easy for us to say that um, because we're married. And, and, and the single people are looking at us like, well, duh, yeah, it's easy for you to say, but have you lived it? And I always laugh because neither my husband nor or I lived it. Uh, before we got married, yes, we were both saved. But the truth is, we weren't, li we weren't living like <laughs> we were saved. Amen, somebody. Uh, you know, when we got married, guess what? I had a bun in the oven. Josh was on his way. I was four months pregnant when we got married. So I can't sit there and tell them, here's how I did it, because I didn't. So now I have to understand the word of God. Now I have to understand how do I say this in a tangible way for them to receive, um, you know, what I'm trying to tell them. Uh, but the church is really good about telling people what to do, but not on how to do it. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. Um, you know, telling ourselves we should just be satisfied 
or the ch church telling us just to pray it away. I've heard that too. Well, just pray those feelings away. Uh, just pray to God that you don't have those temptations. Just pray to God to take that feeling away from you. And and I always tell, uh, you know, caution singles, don't, don't pray that feeling away because one day you're going to need those feelings again. Okay, y yes, um, because one day you're going to get married. If, if that's what God's choosing for you to do, if that's what your desire is, if that's what your plan is to get married, if you're praying and asking God to take those sexual feelings away from you, what are you going to do when you get married? Okay, so be very careful about what we pray for. Uh, that's for you singles. Anyway, I don't know why I'm on the singles today. Um you know, we, we just have all these issues now because we've been praying and asking God to take stuff that we he doesn't even need to take away from us because that's how God created us. He created us sexual beings. Okay, so praying it away or trying to ignore the emptiness is not the answer. We know we should look to Christ for our needs, but we don't want to be completely um, satisfied until we get to heaven. That's the truth. We're never going to be completely satisfied until we get to glory. So what do we do in the meantime? So while we're here on this earth, even having a deep relationship with him, with God, we'll still feel empty sometimes. I'm sorry. Trying to write it off with just a Band-Aid phrase that only sells yourself short or the people that you're standing in front of him. It sells God short, who is, who is the great I am you know, who he is. Stop selling him short. That, that It's the reality. You're going to feel lonely sometimes. You're going to feel empty sometimes. After you've had, went through something hurtful, you're going to have to mend from that. So as much as it hurts, the void should not be feared. The void is where miracle strength and change are born. Yes, I'm going getting back to change. That is where change is born. That's where we have the opportunity to change. The truth is anything you try to distract yourself from uh, feeling from whatever you're feeling, you're avoiding the fact that you're not whole. How many times do you feel like that? Like I'm not whole. Something's missing. Something is missing. Something is damaged. Something is broken. And until you face it, no person, no thing, I don't care uh, what the job is. I don't care how many friends you got. I don't care how many celebrities you know. I don't care uh, who your husband is, who your wife is. No one is going to make you feel complete. You know, it, it's crazy because the world has taught us uh, through television, through movies. Um, you know, the other day we were talking about the movie Jerry Maguire where, you know, he says, you complete me. Oh, I don't remember if he said it or she said it. Uh, Renee Zellweger and Tom Cruise, you know, you complete me. And when I was younger, before I was married, I used to go, oh my God, I can't wait to have this man that's going to complete me. Um, and in a way I was telling myself, I'm not complete in who I am until I meet a man that's going to take care of me and that's going to love me, et cetera, et cetera. I've learned now my husband doesn't complete me. My children don't complete me. My ministry doesn't complete me. What I do on a daily basis does not complete me. Christ completes me. He is the one that completes me. So stop saying that we need to be completed because we're not a whole. Some, something is missing, you know? Um, but that is where do the work comes in. Y'all know my hashtag, do the work. 
uh, I'd like to think I created it, but I'm sure I didn't. But do the work. This is where do the work comes in. If, if, if I'm talking to you, if you're going from man to man or from relationship to relationship, something is missing. Explore it. If you're jumping from church to church, church to church, denomination to other denomination, uh, you're trying Buddhism, you're trying this, you're trying Hinduism, you're trying Christianity, you're going to be a Catholic one day, a Methodist the next, whatever it is, uh, you're searching for something. You're just looking from one thing to the next, trying to distract from what you're really supposed to be searching for. And that's Christ. You know, you're just exploring it all. But here's the thing. We know something's missing. So explore it. Could it be your father issue? Your mother issues? Could have been the trauma of your past? Could have been your childhood? Could have been something that that, that first man that hurt you so deeply that now you're so damaged, you don't know how to move forward, but you don't want to think about it because you don't want to revisit the pain? Could that be it? Or your sister told you, you never be enough without a man or your grandmother told you that or your mother told you that or whatever. Um, I remember many years ago when I became pregnant with my oldest son, I was in college. And when my father found out, um, he literally spoke a curse over my life. He said, you are damaged goods now. No man is ever going to marry you. You know, yes, it was hurtful then. But to think about it now, it's like, you spoke light, you spoke death over my life. And for many years, I believe what he said because it was my father who said it. You know how, how it, it, it is usually the people that are closest to us. Did he mean to say that? No, he was angry. He was upset. He couldn't understand why I would put myself in that predicament to have to drop out of college and, and to have a baby. And his idea of my life looked completely different than how it, he thought it was going to turn out. But for so many years, as I was dating, I was dating men knowing that they were not going to marry me. So I acted a certain way. I almost even pushed them away because I knew they weren't going to marry me because in my mind, that's what my father told me. He told me I was damaged goods, right? So here's what I did over the years. I had to go to counseling. I had to bring that back up, that hurtful statement to understand that that was a lie. That wasn't the truth, but it's a lie that I chose to accept as truth. So what is the lies? What are the lies that you are believing about your void? What are the lies that you are believing about what somebody said over your life? Why are you believing a lie? And the only reason that we believe lies is because we don't know what the truth is. We're not willing to do the work to go into the word of God, to find out what God says about us, to find out, you know, the more I started reading the Bible, the more devotions I did, the more scripture I understood, I realized, well, wait a minute, how can I be damaged goods? How could that possibly be when God says that I'm the righteousness of Christ? When he says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, when he says that I'm the head and not the tail. If that's the truth, then the fact that I'm damaged goods is a lie. And I had to renew my mind to that. So when you take the time to really feel and experience the uncomfortable spaces that is the void, you can start seeing things a little bit more clearly. And when you can see things clearly, 
you can begin to start healing. You can begin to start changing and to start feeling better about who you are. And and maybe it's not that that specific uh, person in your life that that you know to talk to. Uh, that, you know, maybe it's not that need. Um, it's the need that you never had it. You know, or it's that need that you really need to be heard. You know, you're looking for something, you're looking for a specific person, but it's not really that person. It's really that you just want to be heard. You just want somebody to listen to you. Um, you know, did you lose your voice along the way? You know, because of people drowning out your voice or telling you what you say doesn't matter or telling you that your opinions don't matter or telling you that, you know, whatever you think um, is not important. And in the midst of that, you lost your voice. You know, you became what everybody else wanted you to do because your parents wanted you to go to this college and your parents wanted you to take up this. And everybody in our family is a doctor and everybody in our family is a lawyer. Or on the flip side, don't nobody in our family go to college and you better go get yourself a job and you better go take whatever, whatever that looks like for you in your life. Is it the truth or is it a lie? You have to find out. You have to start living your life for you and not for what other people want. Hello, Shout out to all the people pleasers. Well, I got to do this because I want to make my kids happy. I want to make my husband happy. I want to make my boss happy. I want to make my church happy. Okay. You know, and you know, have you, the question really is, have you lost sight of yourself? Is being honest about who you are and what you really want so hard, so painful and confusing that you instead choose to focus on everything and everyone else except yourself, you know, the world, our friends, our family, our co-workers, the people that we're around, um, our circle, you know, tell us to just go out there and make yourself available, get a hobby, pursue your education, career, all of that. And, and, and I, I think that we mean well, but we're literally telling our friends and family, you know, just replace that loss, just don't deal with the past. The past is in the past. Stop, stop bringing up old stuff. You know, you just need to, you just need something new. But we never tell our friends and family, you know what? You got a problem and you need to deal with it. You need to go to counseling. You need to go talk to somebody. We're scared to do that because we're dealing with our own brokenness. So when we're dealing with our own stuff, we have a hard time telling other people what to do, okay? Because we certainly don't want to be judgmental. So why don't we work on on us why don't we why why are we so scared to work on us you know and and I know I'm I'm kind of saying stuff that um you may be looking around going no I am working and and I I listen to all these blogs and I'm listening to all these I'm, I'm reading all these blogs and I'm listening to podcasts about girl go get your stuff girl get your money girl secure your bag it's all about you and I get that and that's a great thing and we should continue to do that but it's not just about stuff. It's really about, girl, go get your mind right. <laughs> girl, go get your heart right. Girl, uh, you know, deal with the pain of your past instead of accumulate stuff, replacing stuff. We, we got to stop doing that. You know, we, we have to stop being a, you know, you have to start working on you. And that, um, you know, starts from the inside out. 
the world is teaching us to do it from the outside, you know, from the outside in. It's like, oh, girl, cut your hair. Uh, go get your hair done. Go get your nails done. Go get a nice outfit. And we look super cute on the outside. And I don't have a problem with that. You know, you got it all together. You're all, you always on point. You always look good. But our inside, not so much. You know, our inside is falling apart. And yet our outside looks great. And nobody ever questions you. Nobody ever asks you how you're doing. Nobody ever says anything to you because you look like you got it all together. I mean, truth is, people make that assumption about me all the time. You know, oh, first lady, you don't understand. Uh, you know, uh, you don't understand because you don't really go through anything. And like, I literally want to laugh. Like, what do you mean I don't go through anything? Because I don't look like I do? Because I look like I have it all together? Well, let me tell you the truth. <laughs> let me tell you about all the crap <laughs> that has happened this week. And sometimes it blows people's minds. But I'm not going to walk around and give the enemy any ammunition where people looking at me looking like I'm falling apart. Ain't going to happen. I will fight until the end. So anyway, so what, what are you afraid of? You know, I can only tell you what I was afraid of. Here's what I was afraid of. Um, for people to see the real me. That's what I was afraid of. I felt if I truly work on myself, if I truly deal with my issues, my pain, the stuff I've been through, that the people will see the real me. Because the real me has issues. The real me has problems. The real me makes mistakes. Um, the real me doubts the real me has fears. Uh, the real me has a past that's not pretty. As a matter of fact, it's pretty ugly. And people are going to judge me for it. People are going to say, oh, yeah, I remember her. I remember from high school. I remember from college. Yeah, everybody remembers her. Oh, yeah, that's that girl that had a baby. Oh, yeah, that's that girl that went with him, him, and him, and his friend. Right? That's what I was afraid of. Oh, you mean Deacon Charlotte when I was a deacon? Oh, you mean Minister Charlotte? Oh, you mean First Lady Charlotte? Oh, yeah, I heard about her. That's what I was afraid of. So I really didn't want to work on me because I knew what was required because I figured eventually somebody may find out about me. So here's what I did because I'm crazy because uh, after I went into counseling and, and actually worked on myself, I wrote a whole book about it. Uh, yeah, if you get a chance, it's called I Had to Change. <laughs> it's embracing my past to embrace my future. I told the truth about everything. So there isn't anyone that can come up to me now and say, yeah, I heard. Like, yeah, I know everybody heard because it's in the book. Everything is in the book. Ten strategies on, on what you have to do in order to live in freedom. What Nobody can tell you anything about you. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. I slept with a married man. I have that in my book. Uh, yeah, it was before I got married. Yes, my mind was different then. Yes, I had my reasons. And at the time, man, my reasons were amazing. I, I, I came up with all sorts of reasons that made sense. Now I think of those reasons, I'm thinking, wow, the enemy really tricked me into believing these lies. But I'm no longer afraid of it. I used to live in shame and in agony. And I thought that I really wasn't saved because of what I did, my sin in my past. So we have to get over that. We have to deal with it. So stop worrying about your past. You know, and, and, I, and I know for sure I had to face myself. I had to come face to face with myself and realize, hey, this is who you were. 
but that is no longer who you are now. You are a new creation in Christ. You are a new creature. You are not that person anymore. And I have to believe that. And guess what? There are days when I still have to renew my mind to that. You have to be with only you and without another person or any other thing to fill the void in your heart and your soul. And that's left to do is to feel it. You have to feel it. You have to feel the pain. You have to fill the void. Feel the emptiness and the pain, the hurt, the fear, the loss. You cannot go past it. Because by trying to pretend that it was never there will perpetually keep you stuck. It will, you will continuously hit that wall each and every time. You'll try a little bit, you'll hit the wall and you stop. You hit the wall and you stop. To, you have to take a good hard look at what's missing what you left behind, what are the parts that you've ignored. And if you have any wisdom, if you're wise, you'll sit with the void. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Sit with, sit with it. You'll feel the hurt and you, you'll let them out. You'll talk about them. You cry about it. You, if you got to break some dishes, okay, maybe I wouldn't. Yeah, don't do that. But you know, if you're single in your own house and there are your dishes and nobody sees you and you're kids don't think you're crazy go ahead and bring a dish <laughs> whatever you need to do to let it out to let out the anger if you need to go to the beach uh, take a trip to the beach or the mountains and just stand there and scream your head off that's what you need to do that's what you have to do if you have to write it down that's what I did I'm a journaler I, I wrote it down um, I, you know I, I always laugh I said you know one day it's not, I'm gonna die I mean let's be real one day I'm gonna die and my kids are going to find my journals and they're going to be like, oh, my God, my mom was crazy. Oh, my God, I didn't know my mom cussed. Uh, oh, my <laughs> oh, my God, I didn't know my mom this or the other. Because I allow those things to get on the pages. You know, many, many, many years ago, man, yeah, if you wrote, read my journals from many years ago, I mean, I was cussing. I was like, I would get it out because I was learning not to cuss. So I wouldn't say it anymore. But I would still think it and write it down. Now I got to the point where I don't even think it anymore, nor do I write it down. It was a progression. I didn't just stop cussing overnight. But I started writing those things down, writing those feelings down, writing down, I, I, I hate them or I, I hated what they did to me. Um, I was able to get it out. You have to explore it. You have to write it out. You have to say it out loud. Um, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this pain? What is, what is happening? Um, what have I been neglecting? What have I not allowed to heal in my life? Because if you don't, again, you'll stay stuck in this perpetual cycle of starting and stopping. Hitting the wall, starting over, hitting the wall again. And if, if, if you're not ready, you'll replace them with someone or something else. And a new guy you met randomly, you'll convince yourself that he's the next one because you never dealt with why the first one left or why the second one left or the third one left. I had to learn that in my life. I realized the reason that they were leaving is because I was pushing them away. Every time I got close to anyone, instead of them leaving me, I could say, I try to take control over the relationship. And I was like, oh no, I left him before he could leave me. That was me. I had to recognize that's what I was doing. 
you know, I, in a way, I, I thank God now that I did that because I got my fabulous husband out of, uh, out of that. But here's the thing. I did the same thing with my husband for the first five years of our marriage. Now, thank God, God picked him to be my husband because any other man would have left me by now. Honestly, any man that was not God ordained, that God had not purely put in my life for that uh, for, for that reason, um, would have walked away by now because I would have pushed him away by now. So I had to learn to stop doing that. So in order for me to do that, I had to do counseling. I had to go talk to other people. So we have to do that. You know, a new job or a new client, a million dollar contract, um, excessive hours, uh, going to the gym five days a week, working out like you're crazy, you know, uh, those things, remember, those are the disturbs we talked about earlier, those things, food, drugs, sex, uh, I didn't even talk about food, how we drown out our sorrows with food, uh, sweets, overeating, whatever it is, um, you know, those are not the way that we fill the void. We, f You can't fill your void with that because it will never be enough. And the only way to grow and heal your pain is to face and deal with the void. void. You know, the things that you carry in your heart and your soul. If something is missing, broken or empty inside of you, there's no person or no thing that will fill it. Only you plus Jesus plus therapy can heal yourself and close those voids. I, yeah, I, I'm going to be real. I, I even have a shirt that says Jesus plus therapy. There's nothing wrong with therapy. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Sometimes we need a third person. We need a second person that can sit there. And I say third person because it's always you and Jesus. Um, but a third person that can objectively listen to. And here's what you say. Oh, well, but, uh, you know, you don't understand counseling and, and therapy is expensive. Yeah, I know. But so is your Louis purse. So is your weave. Uh, you know, so is that car note. Uh, so is, you know, all the money you spend eating out this week. So are the nails that you're getting done. So is all the clothes you have, the 50 pairs of shoes. And no, that is not to shame you. That is not to make you feel bad, but that is reality. We spend money on what we want to spend on all the time. And we'll spend more money making ourselves feel better than actually doing the work. Yes, if you don't have insurance and your insurance doesn't cover it, it is expensive. I've been paying out-of-pocket costs for counseling for the majority of my life. If I could have all my counseling money back, I'd probably be uber, uber, uber rich. <laughs> like, for real rich. Like, uh, I could have two houses rich right now and a couple of cars in the driveway. Um, but it's an investment in my life. It is an investment in my freedom. It's an investment in... Um, you know, in the joy in my life, in my happiness, in, in how I interact with people, how a better wife I can be, how a better mother I can be, how a better first lady I can be, a better author, better whatever you want to call it. I am better because I invested in myself. So I want to encourage you to invest in yourself. If there's some extra treats that you can't do, that's okay. Get healthy. So how? How do I heal? How do I heal? I'm going to get to that real quick. I can't believe you're already uh, almost 40 minutes into this. Um, the first step, the first thing I'm, I'm going to ask you to do is to stop disturbing, stop stuffing, stop hiding, and stop avoiding. 
you know, trust me, it's worth every heart-wrenching moment because when you heal the hurts and fill the voids with your own love, with light, uh, with love, with, with God, with Jesus, with what he brings to you, you can become whole again. And when you're whole, you'll feel a sense of joy and fulfillment that no outside person, no outside thing, no accolade, no accomplishment could ever replicate. You know, there are outside circumstances will simply heighten the feelings you're already experiencing. You know, when when you feel whole, when you feel like I'm satisfied, I'm good, I'm good in where I am right now as a single. I'm good where I am in my marriage. I am good where I am as a single parent. I'm good where I am um, spiritually or emotionally, what have you. When great things happen, it just makes it so much better. You know, even when, when things happen that are not good, when other things come up, you can deal with life much easier when you're coming from a healthy place than from a place where you're already unhealthy. So here, that brings me to another question. What do we do in the meantime, in the midst of walking with Christ in that emptiness? Um, and honestly, you know, my answer for this, I don't have a solid answer, but instead I have a couple of suggestions for you that have helped me over time. So instead of just hoping and wishing and praying it away, you need a strategy. We all need a strategies. Um, there are so many strategies in the Bibles or principles or whatever you want to call it. There's a principle pretty much for everything that you that you need in your life, but a strategy. And the first thing you know that I want to give you in the strategy is to own it, to own it. Recognize you have a problem and that you're holding yourself hostage from healing if you do not own the fact that you got issues. If you don't realize that you are the problem, that is holding you back. It's not your mama in them. It's not your husband. It's not that man that left you. It's not even the abuse that happened when you were little. It is not, it's none of those things. Yes, I'm sorry something happened to you when you were little that you had no control over. And I have empathy for it because it happened to me. I understand it wasn't my fault. It wasn't something that I asked for, but it happened. But as an adult now, I have to step back and say, what am I going to do about this now? Am I going to allow the circumstances of what happened to me as a child to dictate how I choose to lead my future? The, how it dictates of how I raise my children because I used to raise them in fear and not ever let them go anywhere because I was afraid something would happen to them. I can't do that to them. I can't do that to myself. So you have to own it. You have to realize I'm the one that's holding me back. And then you have to go through it. The only way through this season, the only way that you're going to stop hitting that wall is to go through it, is to acknowledge it, to talk about it with others, um, you know, which gives them permission to admit their own emptiness. I mean, how amazing is that? Not only do you share with people, but then you can share with them and they can share with you and you realize you're not the only one. You know, you need to know that you're not the only one that experiencing emptiness or, or voids. You're not alone. Many saints, many of us are going through it. And that means that you're on the right track. The reality that you are going through this. And then number three, you know, seek help. Seek help from your pastor, your first lady, therapy, counseling, accountability partners. Spend time with those people that bring you joy in your life, your family, your friends, small groups, Bible studies. Um, find like-minded people. And I always caution people 
<laughs> when I say that real quick, find like-minded people. Um, when I say that, sometimes people, you know, depressed people end up with other depressed people. Uh, people that have been abused end up with other people that have been abused. I don't mean that because when everybody's depressed in your circle, guess what? Y'all going to stay depressed. When everybody's negative in your circle, guess what? Y'all going to stay negative. If everybody's talking about people in your circle, guess what? You're going to talk about people. Uh, when I say like-minded, I'm talking about Christ-minded. I want more out of my life than what it is right now. I want to grow. I want to grow spiritually. I want to grow emotionally. I want to grow in every area of my life, whether it be financial, whether it be um, you know, physical, whatever that is, I want to grow. So the people in my life, I want to, I want to connect with people that are like-minded that are already of doing the work or they're currently doing the work or have done the work. Like I want to be with people that I want to be here. I want to go there and I'm going to follow them. I want to see how they did it. Like, I don't want to have the people in my circle that are just as bad as I am because we're never going to get out of poverty mindset if everybody has it. Because if you go to them and say, man, I just paid off my credit card and they tell you, well, you know, you got five more. You probably never going to pay them off. You don't need people like that in your life. But I digress <laughs> anyway. So remember that the, in the beginning, I talked about the wall, right? Hitting the wall. So ultimately, God is the only one who moves us through the wall. Yeah, I'm going to end with that. And with that comes the great mystery, as Peter Cesare says. It's a great mystery. There's a lot we do not understand about the ways of God, his ways. That's why the Bible tells us his ways are not our ways. We want to manipulate God or put him in the box the way we think that God operates, and he does not operate that way. We have to understand some things, the only way we're going to, to learn, the only way that we're going to understand, the only way that we're going to get the breakthrough, the delivery, whatever we're looking for is to understand that whatever we're going through, that he will lead us through, but that maybe, just maybe, he got us there for a reason. He got us there so we could understand, right? He un he has us in that dark period or that that dark moment um, in our lives in order for us to be able to see the light once we come back out for us to understand um, that, you know, I've been here before and I made it through and therefore I can do it again. You know, it, it, there are rich treasures at the wall and the void when we're alone, our image and understanding of God is dramatically transformed. We're often, you know, we put God in this small box and the wall, uh, as Peter Cicero says, the wall blows open that box and we begin to see God for his sovereign, mighty, loving God that he is. And our job, here's our job. Our job, our work is to stay with God, to persevere, to be faithful, to wait on him to stick with God even when everything in us wants to quit and wants to run. Because we're good at that. Well, this God thing ain't working. Well, I've, I'm doing everything God's requiring me to do. I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm going to church and I go to Bible study and I read my word and I pray every day and I tithe and all this stuff and all hell's breaking loose. I might as well go back to the way before I went to Christ. Really? We live our way any which way for 20, 30 years. We come to Christ and we expect God just to, which he can, to just change our life in one year. 
So we really renewed our mind in a year. We really renewed our hearts in a year. We really did all of this work that he's asking us to do. No, it takes time. Our job is to grow in faith. If you read the book of James, it'll tell you all about perseverance. And that means during trials and tribulation is when we persevere. That's how we learn perseverance is by going through stuff. How else can you understand that you have faith unless your faith is tested? We have to walk through that. So failure to understand and to surrender to God's working in us at the wall, at the void, often results in great long-term pain and confusion. So I don't want you there anymore. It's time to give up. It's time to surrender to him. You know, and I know personally many people who've gone through great loss, great suffering. Um, They're just hitting the wall left and right. But the wall is not changing them. They just keep bouncing off. And they keep returning back to what they know. The bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then they end up at a different wall later. And again, they bounce off becoming more bitter and more angry than before. I don't want that for you. But here's what I have for you at the end. Receiving the gift of God at the wall, in our void, in that space where we need him the most, come to each of us. It transforms our lives forever in ways that we've never dreamed of. So it's time to take action. I'm telling you, it's time to take action. Start looking at the void, sit in your void, sit at the wall, whatever you want to call it for yourself and embrace it and ask God, what is it that I need to do to get out of that? Build your strategy now because you can do it. Because here's the thing, you are worth the change. And that is my entire platform to let you know that you're worth the change and that people need to hear your story because what comes out of your mouth will help someone else. So I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please do me a favor. If this was a blessing to you, share with somebody else. It's time for us to stop avoiding the void, live in it, grow through it, ask God to come in and to help us through it. God bless you. I'll talk to you guys soon. And that's a wrap for today's episode. I would love to hear your feedback. Uh, Let me know what you think. What do you struggle with? Or give me your ideas on how we can deal with the voids in our lives. You can reach me on my website, www.ladycharlotte.com. Or you can also find me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lady Charlotte. That's L-A-D-Y. C-H-A-R-L-E-T. And now, if this was a blessing to you, go ahead and share it with your friends. You can find me on all major uh, podcast uh, platforms, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, uh, whatever your preference is. But go ahead and share it with a friend. Talk to you soon.